man, here we are. Here we are. The festival just wrapped up, that being the Sidewalk Film Festival. In the books. Because I'm the uh, creative director for Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema, and you are the programmer. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Corey Craft. I'm Rachel Morgan. You know what we need right here? Uh, Hardy. What's up, Ding Dongs? That wasn't what I was thinking. What you need? I was thinking that, you know that Britney Spears song where it's like, bye, bye, stronger than yesterday. When you started that, you just said, baby, that's just like every single Britney Spears song (laughs) that there is. There probably are at least four. Bye, bye. That's yeah. That's I <laughs> honestly didn't know either until like, you got to the other moment. That's a that's a recurring lyric. It's kind of a motif that that old Britney plays around with in her library of songs. Just how many times can you work in? Anyway, um, that's what I think that'll work here. Sure. You know, Why let's not? Listen to some Britney, and we'll talk about movies. Because we survived the 24th that's annual right. Sidewalk Stronger Film Festival, folks. Than, I don't know if that really applies, but I'm. I'm still standing. Whatever. Like that Elton yes. John song, which we will oh, yeah. not play here. No, no, but we could play the um, the new combination Britney Spears um, auto tune to hell Elton John song that they got together and got together as a funny way to put it because my guess is that they were in separate studios across the globe and did that like but i'm sure that they their representatives got together and and hashed everything out that song sounds exactly like this (laughs) all right let's talk about movies we we're better that kind of get ready for a five minute fight five minute round one fight Well, it's time. time. for a five-minute fight. Five-minute fight, Sam. Get all warmed up in there because guess what we're fighting about today? It's pathetic. Go ahead and start the timer, Brad, because we shouldn't waste another second on this piece of shit. We are fighting about a movie that neither of us particularly like, first of all. What are you talking about? I thought you said you like it. No, I don't. Um, But I I told you I would take the positive side on this one, and I'm willing to take the positive side. Weird. I thought you did like it. On James Cameron's Avatar. Okay. Okay. Avatar, I saw it in twenty, you know, 2009 along with every other person on the planet. I saw it then too. And I walked out of the theater and I said, that's a cool tech demo, but what am I missing? And I saw it again and I didn't feel any, you know, better about it. But now that the sequel approaches and a whole series of sequels approach, and honestly, that trailer for the second one is kind of cool, I find myself thinking back more positively on what James Cameron accomplished in Avatar. You know, a big scale, sincere sci-fi epic that does try to not only build a world, but build an entire ecosystem. You know, there, there is automatically, I think, some... Uh, room for applause for ambition there. Uh, Whether the storytelling falls flat, and I think that I could not argue against that. The storytelling does fall flat for me. That's probably the least appealing attribute about Avatar. It's hard to deny uh, that that sort of world building and a film that is that 
um, visually splendid and that ah. much a product of its idiosyncratic director. I find all of that more no. and more appealing as we are now pretty safely ensconced in a, a, uh, an ecosystem of completely anonymous, gray-looking, dull-looking blockbuster entertainment. We're coming out of a summer that I thought was on balance, pretty bad for blockbuster entertainment. And while I don't think Avatar is a perfect movie, I am looking forward to seeing it again when it's released theatrically um, at the end of this month, I think, uh, in a new sort of restored 4K uh, high dynamic range um, thing uh, in preparation (laughs) for the sequel. Okay, again, not a movie I particularly love, but I'm going to stand up for it. Why do you hate Avatar? You know how this film was made? Yeah, on like a blue a green screen. No, no, it wasn't. I'm gonna tell you how it was okay. made. James Cameron met the Blue Man Group in oh the bathroom God. at Caesar's Palace, and each one of them went into a stall and shit this thing out. Okay, it's fucking terrible. Let me let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because I have a question for you, and I know the answer to this already. Okay. You don't really like science fiction. That's not a question. That doesn't have shit to do with it. Yes, it does. I do like. I like 2001: Space Odyssey. I like Moon. I like uh, Under the Skin. I like plenty of science. That has got not shit to do with this. No, I disagree. This is terrible. This is terrible. But like, if you're given a big budget film that's just like, here is all the arcane lore and silly shit just tossed into this big pot, and it's just it looks like a Frank Frazetta poster that's like some stoner old brother had on their wall you know it, when it's you're ugly. a child it's ugly um, if you could do what's anything, not to like about that what do you mean if you can do you can just come up with anything right you're gonna world make as you said it's a world of shit and so if i can make anything that's what i'm gonna make These yeah why ugly not? fucking blue thing i don't think it's, it's that ugly terrible it's absolutely terrible and everybody built up the cgi like it was going to be like these computer graphics are going to blow your fucking mind and then i'm like really that's where we are right now it looks like a goddamn pop tart it's <laughs> it does fucking look kind of like a pop tart it's fucking i mean i really and truly it's horrible it's awful to watch it's it, it's unapologetically sympathetic in this way that just and i don't i can barely i honestly can barely remember the story but i remember it's just dances with i wolves. remember being incredibly bored and also feeling like yes everything it was it, it certainly was like oh here's a little moment from this film and a little moment from that like the romance whatever it was it was all derivative it was dull and it was ugly i i i can't push back too much against the derivative accusation again the storytelling is not the chief attribute in avatar um, it is kind of a hodgepodge of other sort of science fiction stories and other sort of Hollywood epics kind of thrown together into this science fiction mix. And I don't really think too fondly about the story, but the world building indisputably, there is something there. It has stuck oh, around something in there. The popular consciousness up as a to joke, this point. As a joke. No, I don't think it's a joke. I, I mean, I think there are people who are sincerely like drawn to what James Cameron created there. And look. Well, yeah, there are people who are sincerely like still watching Short Circuit and talking about Johnny Five. That doesn't mean <laughs> anything. But you know that I'm more inclined, I guess, to forgive James Cameron his storytelling Why? shortcomings. Why do we forgive? And you because know of the epic nature of the no, filmmaking. Because it's just like Titanic. When we, when we use words like, oh, that was ambitious filmmaking, that's the kind of thing I say to my students, not to James Cameron, who's got a Titanic boat full of fucking money. 
Well, it clearly paid off for him. You know, you know that I think Titanic is an excellent movie. Avatar, not so much, but I will be seeing it again. Like I said, theatrically at the end of this month, and I will be. I thought we were reevaluating. This is like the Jar Jar Binks. Like I, it's it's hard to look at the screen. It's so terrible. It's much better than Jar Jar Binks. Same level. No, it's not. At least Jar Jar Binks is surrounded by other things that aren't as bad. This is just blue Mm. bullshit. Here comes Sam. <laughs> oh, thanks for the walk-on music. Um, cool. Um, okay. Uh, it is future Pocahontas in space. It's dances mm-hmm. with wolves in space. Um, it really is a two-hour and 40-minute tech Whoa. demo. Um, yeah, two hours and 40 minutes. Um, it's a beautiful thing to treat your retinas to for, again, two hours and 40 minutes. But once the credits roll, at least me and the vast majority of other people don't give it a single other thought afterwards. Um, unless you're the people in that one How To With John Wilson episode. Hell yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, I'm going to say bonus, lots of bonus points to Rachel for the Blue Man Group shitting theory of creation. <laughs> um, we don't know for sure that that isn't true. Um, but all that said, I've got to side with Corey here. It's a tech demo, but it looks really, really cool. <laughs> The story. Uh, uh, this not podcast much. is canceled. It's canceled, Brad. It's canceled. It looks it's- cool. Back it up. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I just want a five minute fight on a movie on that Avatar. I don't really Avatar. like that much. Um, podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Yeah, I, I don't think the vast majority of, of listeners well, who help propel Avatar to become the highest grossing movie of all time are necessarily going to dispute the result of this argument but maybe i'm wrong podcast at sidewalkfest.com terrible terrible reflection wind chimes so we mentioned this is the first episode post film festival 2022 i keep wanting to say it's the 2024 festival because it's the 24th annual film festival that's going to be 20- confusing for the rest of the decade 22 <laughs> yeah it, it is and so i thought we would just take a brief brief moment not too much time here to reflect on our experience at the 24th annual sidewalk film festival How, what are you thinking well um as is the case virtually every year my experience at the <clears throat> festival was a blur of yeah yeah, yeah. you know hurrying up and waiting for my intro or Q&A sessions to begin. Uh, And a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress goes into that week and weekend, um, months worth of anxiety and stress. But I have to say, even as anxious and stressed out as I usually am, uh, from my perspective, I thought it was a pretty wonderful weekend. Uh, And I'm not just saying this because this is the official podcast of the Sidewalk Film Festival. I mean, we'd tell you if we thought it sucked. Yeah, I... Yeah, don't worry about that. I think I think our listeners know that we can be very frank uh, about matters such as that. But um, perhaps from my biased perspective, I have to say that um, you know I I was as always kind of awestruck by the work that our staff and our uh, volunteers do every year to pull together such a logistically challenging event that's that spans blocks upon blocks in downtown Birmingham, multiple venues. And then on top of that, you have the parties and special events and panel discussions. And as is the case every year, you know, I'm just, again, just blown away by um, how we come together to make an event that's this challenging 
happen, and not only happen, but happen spectacularly well from my perspective. Sure. Um, you know, the trains ran on time, so to speak. Right. Um, and when you're, you know, trying to cram five or six movies into a venue uh, per day, uh, it's really important to to do that. And as far as I could tell, we did it spectacularly. On top of that, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back too much, even though this is kind of the nature of this segment. Um, but I'm going to pat ourselves on the back because I thought the programming was by and large extremely good personally and i heard that all weekend from visitors not only paying customers but visiting filmmakers who were uh really taken with the program at large um so in all the ways and i think i said something similar to this on on slack you know in our post fest delirium uh but in all the ways i think we needed to nail it we we really nailed it um and it turned out to be one of the stronger and more successful festivals that I've been a part of as a staff member, I think, in hindsight. Um, I'm really, really, really proud of how this one turned out. Yeah, interesting year, because um, let's let's go back a little bit and look at the fact that in the last few years, right, so yeah. we set the stage. So 2019... We're in August, so we come out of the gate in 2019 having opened our cinema. Right. So we not only had a new venue on our hands with two new tech rooms, so to speak, we also were about to crank up and open a cinema, which means that in addition to prepping for the festival, we had to prep for cinema open and a big capital campaign and all kinds of other stuff. So 2019 was a a very interesting year, and I I think – not even despite it all, a very successful year. Yes. But a lot on our shoulders. And then... Then 2020. uh, Everything went great, as we all remember. (laughs) And uh, we did a drive-in festival, which I was proud of, but certainly is its own unique thing and not ideal. Right. And then in 2021... We were still in the throes of the pandemic. Not that we are aren't still, but we are certainly have access to vaccinations, and you know it's, it's a little bit of a different world now. And in, so in 2020, we had the Delta variant. Yeah, Lady Delta came and disrupted things. About three weeks before the festival numbers started skyrocketing, and Delta was really in the news, and everybody was suggesting that maybe we should cancel. So we did not cancel. We went with about 50 percent attendance, but it was a very and you know we had the cleaning things happening between screenings and so we had less films interesting year a lot of folks not feeling comfortable coming and so of course we felt like if you weren't feeling comfortable you should stay at home so there were a lot of people who weren't able to attend and we did not really have any traveling filmmakers which was understandable because sure. as a matter of fact i remember we um consciously were were discouraging folks from traveling because getting on a plane and coming into Birmingham and sitting in a movie theater wasn't a good idea. Yeah. So this is our really kind of, in a lot of ways, our first year back and the first year that we've really begun to get our legs at the cinema, even though I would argue that I'm not sure now having worked at the cinema, I don't know what three normal years would look like, but I do think that it clearly takes a couple of years to get a feeling for how to program. Yeah. So we're, we're a little better, but we're not quite there yet. And I don't know, it's a good success considering all things, in my opinion, not again, not to pat ourselves on the back, but just, just sort of looking at it in a very clinical way. What were you most surprised by? Um, not that I was 
overly surprised by this, but I was present for three separate screenings that received standing ovations from the audience at the wow. end. Um, and they're, you know, what were they? Opening and closing night are two of them, along so, with Butterfly in the Sky and Descendant. Yeah, um, and and that's that's not entirely. Um, a surprise, especially for an Alabama audience. Let's be real. Nor you know? is the the third, which was the very local documentary "Walk with Joey" that brought a lot of guests right. to Sidewalk for the very first time, um, which was a very exciting moment. Um, and all three of those were fairly. I mean, opening night was packed out. Um, a walk with Joey and Descendant, you know, not quite to capacity at the Alabama, but certainly a lot of folks came out yeah. for both of those. And um, and I think that what those three movies have in common, is, apart from being Alabama subjects, Alabama documentaries, is that all three of them kind of appealed potentially to customers and guests who were not sidewalk regulars, um, people who came to our festival for the very first time um, and – we showed them a real good time as far as I could tell. Um, but those are, that's just emblematic. I think of the strength of um, a lot of the movies that we had under consideration this year and eventually selected for the program. And the truth of the matter is, you know, as we come out of the worst of the pandemic, um, Hopefully. knock on wood. Right. Um, but we're getting more, you know, 2020, or, or 2021 these years i think a lot of our filmmakers held back a little bit right like yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna sure. wait and see how this shakes out before we start doing the festival game again and now the festival game is kind of almost back to full strength and we had a a a wide variety of titles to choose from many of which were extremely strong, many strong titles that didn't make it into the program just because sure. of time limitations, uh, which is the nature of the beast. But um, ultimately it's a, it's a good problem. I heard so many times over the weekend, ah, I've got a conflict at this time slot. I want to see this, but I also want to see this movie that's playing at the same time. Oh, and that brings up a point, doesn't it? Well, but to me, you know, like one, that's the nature of film festivals. But two, from a programming perspective, that just means we did our job. Exactly. That just means that we um, selected so many attractive titles that there's no um, no choice but to sometimes schedule them against each other. And you know, I didn't hear that comment as in like a like an angry way, like how dare you? But but like ah, oh, I'm so frustrated, like playfully frustrated that I can't see mm -hmm. everything I want to, um, and. You know, you, you try to steer people in the right direction at that point. But but ultimately, uh, I'm proud to have gotten that question a yeah, lot. Yeah, but it will come up on the survey as it does every year as a complaint. It well, will. It will. It will come up. I'm just. I'm just. Alas, saying. it does come up as a. Alas, my man. Please repeat things. Please, you know, stretch the festival longer. Please encore mm. more. Please, you know, play less. Not less films, but could you? But here's the thing: the only way to repeat screenings, everyone is to play less films. Well, folks, if you missed a title 
check out sidewalkfest.com to see what's playing at the cinema because right. you know in all likelihood over the the coming weeks and and months a lot of those titles that we played at the festival um may get theatrical play at the cinema yeah. that's kind of one of the great things about having a uh, a cinema open year round. We can bring a lot of those titles back. And uh, notoriously, people don't come to them when we, we do that. So, well, so it is. In, it is. An, it. it is an interesting, <laughs> but it is an interesting element. Yeah. That people. I don't know that that's really what folks want. You know. Yeah. I'm not trying to second guess anyone here, but I do. I think that the sort of I want repeat programming and maybe less programming and not so much at one time isn't really what anybody wants. Mm, you know, we could give it. We could do that. But it's not like we've got a big trial weekend every other weekend to do it. We'd have to really take down a festival to do it. And I am nervous that that's what would really go over well when all is said and done. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I hear you. People so, uh, people don't know what they want until yeah, they get it. Done, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Jerry, according to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was most surprised by a couple things really, really quickly. Okay. One of which is that Spin Me Round sold out. Um, I whoa you know it's on vod so it was not a what i thought would go over very well streamable on amc plus in fact if you're a subscriber to that which nobody seems to be and i was surprised that miha didn't have more folks in the room that was a um, great film unfortunate but you know those folks who did come out for that no doubt yes had a great time for sure and i was surprised at how well my mtv music video block did it was People were packed standing around. Oh, sick. So that was interesting. I will also say, though, really, really quickly, just to illustrate fast, and this may not be everybody's cup of tea, so I'll do it, try to do it really quickly, that we oftentimes get complaints about where we've placed films. Uh-huh. And not. I want to, to state that not all films are available on all formats. So we have, we have films that are available on the format called DCP. They are DCP only. That is their, that is their tech that they're – that they're being distributed upon. And and most distributor held films are only available in DCP format because that's the standard for theatrical exhibition exactly. these days. And so if you have two venues at the sidewalk cinema in which we can screen DCP, you have the Alabama theater and the lyric theater that can screen DCP. You're talking about two of the smallest, ven- two, the two smallest venues mm-hmm. and then the two largest venues. And so you know, it, it doesn't necessarily correspond that a quote unquote big film is going to necessarily be distributor held. So when you place those films in one of those four venues, it it's you don't have any other DCP. You have no other choice. But right. then there are some films that are available that are available on formats other than DCP, but they need to go in the big venue. A Walk with Joey, which is going to sell out, could have been screened in any number of formats, but it has to go with Alabama because it, we know we're selling so many seats. Yeah, we accommodated. So, hundreds of people for that screening that would have not been appropriate to place in a smaller venue. So that's just a a, a scratch of a surface of the very complicated, what programming math equation, if you will, that we're up against when we're placing films. So it's an interesting conundrum. It's a a bit of a, takes a little strategy and that strategy doesn't always work out. Yeah. We're look, we're always trying to, to match a film with a venue that we believe will be appropriate for the level of audience interest. And sometimes the level of audience interest in a title, frankly, takes us by complete surprise. Um, Spin Me Round is, is one that I thought would be fairly popular because it's just a, it's a narrative film with familiar faces in it. Yeah. Molly Shannon, Tom Heidecker. I mean, it's got yeah. some folks in it. And Agreed. 
And we didn't have that many narratives. So if you want to see a narrative. And, that, and a fairly other. lighthearted one. Yeah, yeah. At that. Yeah. But that's I, right. I don't think either of us would have anticipated the degree to which we had to turn away people from Not that when it's screening. on VOD. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, I, I, I get that it's maybe more obscure VOD service, but all the same. And so, you know, that's another thing, too, is that this is, year has been dock heavy because that's that's really what you can get right now. We are interestingly sandwiched between a couple of festivals, but we yeah. are right before Telluride, which is which is really problematic when it comes to programming because yeah. most films are going to be premiering this time of year. If they're releasing, they're going to premiere there at Telluride or, or potentially Toronto at TIFF, or Venice. At or TIFF, yeah. The, as we're recording this, the Venice Film Festival kicked off today with uh, the Noah Baumbach movie White Noise, the big splash in right. Netflix awards hopeful. Um, Telluride announces its schedule tomorrow and kicks off this weekend with a whole bunch of big awards hopefuls. You know, the distributors save the heavy hitters, in other words, for these big fall festivals where they can receive the splashy berth for awards consideration. Um, in fact, we were kind of fortunate and to to get Netflix's descendant for closing night, which I'm certain we only got because of the local connection. We only got it because of our relationship with Margaret Brown. Yeah. That's real. So that was lucky. And, you know, interestingly, we got Miha because I had seen it. You yeah. know, I had seen it and was able to get the email address for somebody at Disney from a fellow programmer. So that was a bit of a sneaky get to. It's a, it was a great festival. I think despite all it all and maybe even regardless of despite it all, we did we did good work on this one. It's not always the case. We don't always um, we don't always hit a home run. I'm not suggesting this was was a full home run, but it, it certainly had some in there. And I think it's as close to a full home run as we've hit since I've been on staff. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. I'm very, very proud of, of the work that we did and the work that the full staff did and the work that all of our volunteers did and continue to do. I mean, yeah. just the, the astounding um, good work on their part in interacting with the public, interacting with visiting filmmakers. I mean, I really just heard nothing but good things all weekend. So can't say enough good about all of those folks. And uh, if you did go to the film festival we'd love to hear from you there is a survey that that is sent out that you can answer but you can also just email us directly at podcast at sidewalkfest.com or rachel at sidewalkfest.com or Corey at sidewalkfest.com and let us know what you think yeah that feedback's really important to us as we begin the process in a couple months of planning the 25th That's annual right. sidewalk film festival That's right. Actually, long pause long sigh starting tomorrow we have a programmers meeting oh god that's right so yeah. really, it starts tomorrow. We're going to get some pizza, though. That's that's good. We'll be at Davenport's Pizza Palace tomorrow night if you'd like to stop by and hand deliver <laughs> any suggestions. But you're hearing this like three weeks later. You so. can always stop by Davenport's Pizza, and the odds of seeing one of us there are pretty high. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a Side Talks podcast where your own personal cinematic Elton John and Keith Richards. What do those two gentlemen have in common? They do not like each other. Brad, really? do you know about this? Who? Keith Richards and Elton John. Oh, I didn't know they had to be. Yeah. Well, first of all, Keith Richards is available for any documentary interview ever. Sure. Yeah. He just every, if there is even a hint of music, it doesn't even have to be, really. What He was in a doc this year. That wasn't even a music doc. Was he? Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was, but he's he just is all. He's I think from noon till till noon, from noon till noon, <laughs> he's just being interviewed for a documentary. But 
apparently the Rolling Stones at some point, this is my friend Becca Green told me the story. Apparently, yeah, it was probably Rolling Stones, the height, the heyday, which it kind of still is. Shout out to Becca Green, by the way, who said, what's up, ding-dongs, to me at the mm. festival. Are you serious? What's up, ding-dong? What a traitor. So she tells me, I'm just skipping over this, you hear that? That high, sort of height of Rolling Stones fame, they bring, they say, Elton, why don't you, you're in town, why don't you come on stage, perform with us? And he just takes over and plays, and they can't get him off the stage. So he just kind of commandeered their set. <laughs> and apparently it really got under their skin, as I guess it would. And so it's they've just kind of butted heads since then, and Keith Richards loves to call him Reggie, which oh, is something he hates. So, you know, he's the one who kind of came out and said, oh, what a weak move when Prince Diana died, and he did... The, he took that Marilyn Monroe song and just uh-huh. recycled it. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, here goes Reggie. I can't do his accent. Can you? Here goes Reggie. Making another not, song. That doesn't making sound his, like Keith Richards. With a song about another dead blonde. Uh, Brad is doubled over in laughter yeah, at my attempt to mimic I'm Keith Richards. Trying. I'm not even trying. Uh, anyway, harsh uh, yeah, yeah. with the dead blonde comment. Well, but it's Keith Richards. That's what he do. Right. <laughs> that was better. That was better. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks to Revelator Coffee. Thank you so much, Revelator Coffee. It's not bad. It's gotten a little. That was it's much a, better. But it's a little like Amy Winehouse's. Yeah, it's not Keith, but it's more like Blakey. It's like Blakey. It's like Adele. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am. I am often compared to Adele. Um, thank, Aren't we all? Thank you to uh, Batwell Studios. Thanks, Brad. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, visit us online at sidewalkfest.com or check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film. We're going to reopen that cinema on Thursday, September 8th, which you're hearing this after that. So uh, we're showing movies already. Come see movies with us at the Sidewalk Cinema. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your um, enemies to come see movies with us. And uh, I guess that's all I got. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.